Hello, and welcome to Inside Retail, the podcast brought to you by Edited, the world's leader in retail and market intelligence. In this podcast series, we explore both the opportunities and the challenges that the retail industry is facing with myself, Grace Hill, Editor's Director of Retail Strategy. In today's episode, we'll be exploring a concept that's always been around, but has seen a surge in recent years thanks to Gen Z. Subcultures have become the latest trend influencer to have on your radar. Whether it's Gorpcore, Cottagecore, or even Pamcore, it's hard to keep up. We'll dive into what they actually mean to the consumer and the key subcultures to back for 2023, as you need to know exactly what your consumers are willing to spend their disposable income on to ensure a customer-centric approach to assortment planning. It's a fun and light-hearted topic that steered us towards a guest whose style is always on point and is truly knowledgeable about the industry and Gen Zs themselves. Luckily, we didn't have to look very far. In fact, her desk is right across from mine. I'm really happy to welcome fashion and retail analyst at Edited, Robin Smith, who is joining me in person today here in London. Hey, Robin. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm good, thank you. Although I know you really well, we always love to start each show off by preparing some icebreakers just to get us going, give the listeners an insight into our guest. So are you ready? I am ready. So Robin, could you tell us what your favourite edited retail report is? So I think I have to say my child, the circular. I am (laughs) quite a sustainability fan. Um, It's something I'm quite passionate about. So yeah, I love writing about all the sustainability news of the week and making sure our consumers kind of keep up to date. And what was your favourite SS23 runway show? I'd say Blue Marine, um, mainly whilst I'm writing my overviews at the moment. It's kind of the show that I tend to keep going back to. They Uh It was the new creative director's show. It was almost like a debut show. And it's kind of reinvented itself. It was very Y2K inspired. It was quite exciting. Yeah. Um, Targeting more of a Gen Z consumer. Is there a specific designer that you would say is your favourite right now? I'd say it's kind of a classic one for a Gen Z person to bring up. But Gucci at the moment... um, Despite the fact that I can't afford anything from that brand, um, I just find their, I like their target approach in terms of targeting Gen Z consumer again. And yeah, the other day in the What's Hot report, I was, um, having a little look about, uh, look into their latest Gucci Palace collaboration. Um, yeah, I was having a little look into that. And if I had a house, I'd be remortgaging it to buy everything <laughs> from that collection. But yeah. I'd say that's my kind of fave one at the moment, even though I don't have any Gucci things in my wardrobe. Same, sadly. (laughs) Could you describe Gen Zs? We've already mentioned Gen Zs a lot already. Yeah. Could you describe them in three words? Um, I would say exciting, um, trailblazers, and I want to say forward thinking, even though it's technically two words. With a hyphen in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) A hyphen in the middle. Um, Or... Our last hope, a little bit more negative, but <laughs> um, yeah. And what do you never leave the house without? I have uh, my big tank of water that I've got sitting in front of me or a lip balm. I feel like I can't focus with dry lips. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your favourite subculture right now? I've mentioned it already, but... Y2K, I'm going to say. I don't want to be one of those people again that says Y2K because I think it's overused these days and a little bit cringe. But I do think I'm 
partial to a 90s influence or a 2000s influence, despite the fact I was born in 1999. So I didn't know much about the period. I was there. I was there. (laughs) That one year. (laughs) Amazing. So I guess, Robin, to kick off into our main questions, could you tell our listeners more about your role at Edited? Yeah, so as a fashion and retail analyst, um, my main role is contributing to the retail report section of the app. Yeah, it's a big team of us and we all kind of have different areas of expertise. Sometimes they cross over, but my main areas of expertise, I'd like to say, are sustainability. As I've mentioned, that's something that I'm quite passionate about. So I like to contribute to the circular and write our sustainability coverage, but also metaverse. So again, another thing that's quite big at the moment. So it's another exciting topic to cover. Um, and then underneath that kind of tech updates, social media updates, but yeah, mainly focusing on the Gen Z consumer, I'd say, which is quite apt as a Gen Z myself. I feel like you really, truly understand that demographic, which is so important when we're offering uh, expert advice to our retail customers. And why is subculture so important to your role as a fashion and retail analyst? I don't feel like they've always been as important as they are now. I'd say in the past few years, they've really been bubbling up. And yeah, they're quite, uh, we've actually started having more of like a subculture section of our retail reports. And it's something that we do a lot more now. Um, and I think they're a really interesting way to kind of predict trends that might come up. Um, if you stay up to date with kind of any TV and film news, you can almost kind of predict subcultures that might arise from that. So yeah, it's a really exciting way to kind of think forward about trends. I guess that leads me on to like where they begin and, you know, like and what we mean by a subculture. So could you explain to our listeners what we mean by subcultures and and their genesis? Yeah, so ultimately fashion subcultures in particular are ways of dressing. They're inspired by wiser culture influences, like I mentioned before, like music, film, art. We've seen them throughout history. I mean you could technically say they're more countercultures, but you've seen things like punk in the late 70s and that was categorised by leather and uh, studs and rips and tears and stuff. And that kind of was representative of um, like the political and social rebellion at the time, you might say. And then there was a similar ethos with like the hippie movement in the 60s. Again, it was the youths and their distaste towards the political and social norms after, of the time after World War II. But this time, this kind of idea of peace and freedom and drugs, some might say, um, has more kind of psychedelic colours and um, more free-fitting clothing and stuff. So they've always kind of been about, but I'd say the subcultures that we're seeing these days and that I'm kind of focusing on today don't necessarily carry the same weight, I would say. Mm. I don't say then I wouldn't say they're necessarily as representative of attitudes. There there are kind of attitudes and other things that go along with it, but I wouldn't say, yeah, they kind of have as much weight in terms of historic value and stuff. Um they're a lot more fun and like I said, they're coming up a lot on TikTok. Uh they're a little bit more fleeting. They don't necessarily yeah. stay around and I wouldn't say in like 20 years time we're going to think about Pamcore anymore but yeah they're a lot more um, exciting I'd say they have a bit of a shorter life cycle Um, but yeah we do see kind of those older subcultures come back again like emo or rave culture that's kind of coming back around now but again I'd say when they are coming back around 
the Gen Zs these days are following them. I wouldn't say they are as concerned about kind of the mindset and the values that is associated. It. It's mm. more of like a superficial level of just enjoying the aesthetic and dressing up almost. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I feel like those subcultures you mentioned earlier, like the punk and the hippie eras, like they characterize decades or, yeah. you know, huge periods of time. And as you said, they're much faster, more fleeting. So mm-hmm. it's even more important to really understand what is happening and being Definitely. able to be quick to react. Um, we know younger generations were key players in the birth of subcultures historically. Are Gen Zs the key drivers of the subcultures that we're seeing cropping up today? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, the main drivers, like I said before, are kind of these like external cultural factors like music, TV and film. And ultimately, they kind of create these subcultures. But I'd say Gen Z are a lot of the time the key drivers of these subcultures. So, And why is that? I'd say it's because obviously they're massive social media users. I think they're a lot more inventive in terms of taking on new almost personas when they dress and it's a lot more exciting but yeah I'd say because of their use of social media like I mentioned before TikTok um, it kind of then filters down through there I'd say and I think because Gen Z's are so connected I think there's a lot more power in terms of when they get behind something actually really does become a big trend these days. I think obviously designers are ultimately the ones that dictate a lot of trends, but I think Gen Z's and their use of social media are in quite a unique position where they're starting to actually influence the designers, I think, because they have such power behind them. And ultimately, I think we wrote in one of our latest reports that their spending power is actually $360 billion. um, And that's more than double the estimate that it was made only three years ago. So they are a massive consumer to be thinking about. And I think, yeah. Do you have an example of like where you've seen a subculture influence a recent show? I mean, I'd hate to say YTK again, but maybe something new that's coming up is biker core. So um, this kind of biker aesthetic, leather, racing graphics, etc. They've been really filtering um, through on social media. And yeah, and now that's on the runway recently. Um, and a big trend that I'd say is going to be coming up next year as well. I feel like as well, you were saying a lot about bloke core as well and the Balenciaga shows. Yeah, and- definitely. Yeah. For the menswear Balenciaga show, um, there was some bloke core themes and also that Palace Gucci collaboration I just mentioned. There was some football jerseys on there as well. Um, so yeah, that's a big one to be thinking about. So how are you seeing other demographics participate in and embrace these subcultures such as Barbie core, which I'm sure you'll go on to explain, but goes without saying Barbie and pink. Yeah. Um, I'd say, yeah, I think all demographics influenced by these subcultures, but it's just in different like levels that we're seeing it in different um, levels of influence. For instance, the more mature customer, they might not necessarily identify with Barbie cores, you said. So it's up to the brand themselves to kind of alter their messaging, maybe not necessarily say Barbie core in their VM, but more pink and focusing on the trends that it associates itself with. Um, so yeah, I'd say all retailers, regardless of your demographic, need to be taken on board subcultures because they are influencing these trends. So for example, with the Barbie core, it's like having that hot, bright pink yeah. included in your assortment and understanding exactly what the right product is to carry and and 
lend itself to that trend. Yeah, exactly. Like with ballet core, that's been a big one at the moment, this ballet aesthetic. I would say like the Gen Zs are more inclined to wear the leg warmers and the, <laughs> yeah. the ballet flats and the more mature customer isn't necessarily going to be walking out in leg warmers, but they may be partial to a wrap over knit or mm. some ribbon details or some bow details. So yeah. What would you say the standout subcultures are of 2022? I'd say in terms of um, the key subcultures, I'd say the main two influences have been TV and film, a lot of Netflix shows that come in about. We've had Pam Core, which I mentioned earlier, and that was because the Pam and Tommy series came out and that was characterised by 90s aesthetics and sexy dressing. We've also had Barbie Core, which again, we've mentioned before, um, that started due to the announcement of the new Barbie film that's coming out next year with Margot Robbie. She's playing Barbie and Ryan Gosling as Ken. But yeah, even though the film's not set to come out until 2023, it's already been influencing trends this year. Barbie Core has been a standout in terms of um, its commerciality. So the main um, driver being pink as a colourway. So um, in terms of women's wear, you saw pink and fusia um, really come to the fore. Q1 sellouts, they outpace new arrivals at 21% versus 11% for women's wear. So yeah, there was a real demand for pink. I watched, um, I don't know if you're watching Married at First Sight. Have you been watching I'm sadly that? not. <laughs> but I watched the um, final the other day and they were all wearing different hues of pink. So, yeah, it's kind of already filtering into TV. It's funny you say that. I had this like really strong urge when we had our auditions event in London to have a bright pink suit. And I don't know where that came from, but I was obviously being influenced by Barbie Core. Sadly, nobody had any in stock, which was really sad. So, again, showing how commercial the trend is. Um yeah, that's the really interesting thing about subcultures, kind of, as I mentioned before, like, you don't necessarily have to be investing in the subculture itself. And Barbie, you're not necessarily investing in Barbie, but you're kind of subconsciously influenced by the trends that it's associated with. Retailers should be looking at these new kind of films and programs that are coming out and almost predicting the trends that are going to come out of it, because it's almost certain that a subculture will be derived from that. Robin, for our listeners, I guess it'll be super interesting to understand as a fashion retail analyst at Edited, how you're using our market intelligence data to really track um, these subcultures and the commerciality of these subcultures. And Yeah, definitely. I think not even though retailers themselves aren't necessarily using the keywords barbiecore and bikercore in their product descriptions, um, you can easily kind of identify where these trends are being applied by using, for instance, the keyword filter. If you're looking at uh, investments into biker core, you can keyword leather and see what kind of new arrivals there are, what sellouts there are of leather styles. When it comes to Barbie core, you can uh, put on our pink colour filter or fuchsia colour filter and see again what new arrivals there are, if there are any particular sellouts. Um, again, with bloke core, you could put on football jersey and just the word football or in America, soccer um, and see what kind of new arrivals are coming in there. So yeah, it's all about kind of using those, those keyword searches that associated with the aesthetic, not necessarily using the subculture itself. And I think that's where your reports and the retail reports area of the product is so important because if you're not sure what words to use or where to go, you guys are directing them to these are the core, like the important subcultures to focus on and then they're able to do their own analysis. We've spoken about the standout cultures for 2022. What are going to be the standout cultures for 2023? 
again, one that I've mentioned before, Biker Core, uh, this like leather, um, padded leather, racing graphics. They were seen at Versace, Off-White, Ferrari and the latest women's wear shows. You've got Emo Core. Uh, Sorry, to go back to Biker Core, where did that come from? Yeah, I'd say, um, yeah, Biker Core is kind of driven with that, the motor racing graphics. Um, Rosalia basically has a song called Motor Mummy. Um, most mummy, um, and <laughs> keyword. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of kind of biker jackets and racing concepts in that. So yeah, I'd say there's a lot of like external cultural influences. You've got emo core, um, that came about, um, I mean, obviously there was a real emo phase and like a Y2K emo core, but it's coming back around now. Um, I'd say that's mainly driven by Courtney Kardashian Barker, um, her relationship with Travis Barker. They've kind of got this like, goth girlfriend aesthetic going on and then again on the runway I'd say we're moving into more of a grunge core rather than emo core so what's the difference between grunge and emo I'd say emo is a lot more dark black fishnet tights tartan etc and then I'd say grunge core is more 90s influences I want to say so we saw it at Blue Marine, like I said earlier, um, they had a lot of this grunge wash denim. We've actually released a report on that um, recently after the spring 2023 shows. So yeah, this sandblasted, worn out denim look, baggy fit, studs, these cross motifs. Um, yeah, I'd say, yeah, a move to more grungy version of emo core. So yeah, then we have Mermaid Core. That's kind of come to the forefront because of the Little Mermaid film that's coming out next year. Yeah, that's kind of characterized by these under-the-sea influences that we saw on the spring 2023 uh, runway again. So shell motifs, light reflecting fabrics such as satin, sequins, these waterfall hemlines. Um, again, these are the kind of things that you'd use if you were searching for mermaid core in the app. These um, yeah, sequin keywords, multicolouring as well. This year, tennis core has been a big one that we've seen come up. It lent itself well to an extension of the preppy trend that that's come up a lot these kind of checks and mini skirts we've seen younger players like Emma Raducanu she's come through she's been in the spotlight and I mean this subculture has kind of gained a lot of commercial status in terms of the Gen Z consumer we saw designers like Miu Miu Dior Hermes they all embraced the trend on the runway and again bringing it back to the app we saw tennis themed apparel across the US and UK grow 57% year on year this spring we saw H&M they had a new wave racket club it. Uh, Roger Federer, he partnered with Uniqlo um, from a sustainability perspective. We saw Evian partner with Rothy's. They used recycled Evian bottles for like a tennis capsule collection. We're even seeing it now in like full winter with like box pleats and little mini skirts that we're seeing like updated for that yeah. winter aesthetic. Exactly. We saw in the summer it was more pleated tennis skirts and dresses, uh, men's more polo shirts and kind of tennis graphics as well. But then, yeah, moving into autumn, winter now, you're seeing a lot more in maybe like the jumper that I'm wearing today, this little Fred Berry number, kind of the um, like these layering uh, jumpers and chunky knits that are kind of associated with um, tennis as well. The SS23 runway shows have just wrapped up. What are the key trends, key items that retailers really should be taking note of in their assortments for next year? 
yeah, a key retail report that we have at Edsted is the the themes report that we release after every runway season. So if you want to have a look into kind of subculture ideas in there, you'll you'll see a lot of different influences. So for yeah, spring twenty twenty three we saw uh biker core come up a lot with the leather, uh Versace, off white, Ferrari, uh Mermaid Core, um with the sequins, etc. What's the one thing you'd love our listeners to take away from this episode? Um I'd say to use subcultures no matter your demographic and who you're trying to target. Um, try and predict subcultures before they're coming through. Like I said, keep up to date with things that are going on in the music industry, the film industry, the TV industry, because it's likely they will influence fashion trends. But also kind of the the sustainable and diversity part of me really wants um, retailers to understand that even though I mentioned before subcultures these days don't necessarily carry as much weight, um, there are important things to consider. So, for instance, coquette aesthetic that was coming up on TikTok that was mainly about this ultra-feminine look, this vintage um, look, it had historical associations with the Lolita novel that obviously hypersexualized innocence so a toxic aesthetic almost but on TikTok it was coming back around again this coquette aesthetic and Jen said was really trying to give it a, a refresh for the modern day so making sure that it was about empowerment and making sure that it was inclusive and forward thinking and brands need to make sure before they jump on a subculture they need to understand the wider culture associations with it and make sure they're being mindful of that. Robin thank you so much for coming on we really really appreciated getting your expert insight into Gen Z and into subcultures and the importance of those for the upcoming year. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to our latest episode of the Edited Inside Retail podcast. And huge thanks to today's guest, Robin Smith, fashion and retail analyst at Edited. I'm Grace Hill and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.